And we're live. We're doing it. Uh, welcome to the first ever episode of the Fly Guys Show, Flyers Talk Weekly Podcast, whatever we're calling this thing. Um, I'm yes. your host, Ryan, with co-host Max over there. Um, here we are. The day's finally here. Here we are. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've got a lot, a lot of news to cover. Um, that has a lot of news that has just come out over the last couple hours, actually. Um, so let's start with the big thing. We've we've got a season to look forward to now. It's official. It's it's finally official. the The union, the players' union, and the NHL have come to an agreement. We have a start date of January thirteenth. Um, the schedule is just released today. We'll get into that too. Um, but it. You're right over there, Max. We having uh, technical issues. All right, I'll pick up where Max left off until he can get back in. Um, yes, the schedule was announced. Um, the start date was announced, January thirteenth, um, and we've got a lot to look forward to. Um, so, Ian, can you bring up the uh, critical dates we've got here? Um, Yeah, those are the openers. So these are the uh, the first games of the season that we're looking at for every team. Um, so we got the Flyers opening up against Pittsburgh on January 13th. That's what we're all concerned about. Um, we've got the Flyers opening up against Pittsburgh, back-to-back games against Pittsburgh. Um, and we're playing Pittsburgh eight times. So there's a lot to get through this um the divisional realignment um we've got four divisions the north the east the central and the west Flyers are playing in the east um we've got boston buffalo new jersey new york islanders new york rangers pittsburgh and washington to play and we play all of those teams eight times that's crazy max you're back i'm back it seems uh your fiance might have started a Facebook chat that knocked me off, but. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what did so, I miss? I picked up where you left off. Um, this is what I was trying to pull up. Um, these are the critical dates for the next season. Uh, so the season opens January 13th. First games, January 13th. Um, waivers open December 28th <laughs> for players who need to, to go through waivers. Um, Training camps. We have a staggered training camp schedule starting. Correct. The player, the teams that did not make the playoffs last year can start mm-hmm. training camps uh, a couple days earlier than the other teams. So they start, right. the non-playoff teams start December 31st, uh, just New Year's Eve. January 3rd opens the rest of the training camps for the rest of the teams. Um, and from what we've heard today from some of the Flyers brass, it sounds like they'll be getting... Um, you know, their team physicals, their preseason phys- physicals out of the way, you know, all that kind of stuff on that that day. So we'll be hearing right. a lot of news out of the, the organization regarding players' health, statuses, all of that. Obviously, the big January news 3rd. out of the, the physicals is Nolan Patrick, obviously, missed the entire last season with migraine disorder. So um, 
we'll get into that a little bit later, but Chuck Fletcher was kind of, you know, positive in his statements about him today. But that'll be the big news from a flyer standpoint on January 3rd. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so moving on from that, uh, the Flyers face the their, their rivals, all their division rivals, eight times this season. Mm-hmm. That's the only teams that they'll play the entire season. We only play divisional teams. That's it. There's no out-of-conference teams, out-of-division teams, anything like that. So um, this this has the opportunity to create some huge rivalries here and, and spark mm-hmm. that, that Pittsburgh rivalry maybe back to what it used to be because it's kind of fizzled right. out a little the last few seasons, you know, as the players get older, some some players get traded away. It's right. not what it used to be. But um, I think this has a real good shot to to kind of reignite that a little bit. Uh, I mean, my first reaction to it is I absolutely love it. Um, it's just like you said, I just love the idea of, you know, you're facing your division, your most, you know, hated rivals multiple times. It looks like there's a lot of back-to-backs. Um, it, just like you said, it, it's an opportunity to, you know, ignite, um, you know, the, the Pittsburgh rivalry again, because that's faded off immensely in the past decade but uh you have two newcomers you have buffalo and you have boston in the division and i mean the 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 boston rivalry has been you know around since the 70s um it got ignited again when the flyers beat them in uh the semifinals of 2010 where they came back uh 4-3 4-3 to win game seven so i mean you know you'll ignite that rivalry again so, I mean, uh, and you have to face the Islanders who, who uh, you know, beat you in seven games last year. Um, so, and the Devils always are a thorn in the side. Rangers are young. Um, they just got the number one pick after getting the, the number two pick previously. So, they're a young up-and-coming team. Um, so, I mean, it's it's exciting. I'm really excited to see this. It's a shortened season. Um, so, uh, I can't wait. It's going to be great. It is. It really is. I can't, I can't wait. Um, I just, the excitement feeling now, you know, like it just with, with everything actually coming to fruition, mm-hmm. finally, official announcements, the schedule coming out today, it's right. finally real. It's yeah. finally real. We can, we can hold on to it. We can see it. It's happening. Um, right. And obviously everything is subject to change because that's how this entire year has been with mm-hmm. the pandemic. So things could change in an instant. Um, oh, so we, we have to remember that as excited as we are, we have to remember that. Um, so facing all these teams eight times, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that helps or hurts the flyers when you look at some of the teams that we're going to be facing eight times? I mean, it's, so it's a, it's a 56 game season. Uh, if right. I haven't said that, six games, eight times, eight games against each of our division. Uh, right. Um, top four in each division makes the playoffs. Um, I thought about this a lot. I find it really hard to believe that the Flyers won't be one of those four teams. Um, if you look at all the teams, so basically no one could really, I guess, upgrade their teams because of the flat cap, if you know what I mean. But mm-hmm. if you think about it, the Flyers just 
getting Limblom and possibly Patrick. It's looking like you're getting Patrick back. I mean, those are kind of like, you know, even though they were a part of your team, it, it's still an addition. So you're getting healthier, you're getting more depth. Um, and then you look at kind of the other teams like Boston. I know Char is older, but it doesn't look like he might be signing with them again. They're an older team. Um, Buffalo got Taylor Hall, um, but, you know, they're still Buffalo. They still have great young talent. You still have Eichel. You still have uh, Ramses Dahlin. Um even though he hasn't, you know, emerged as maybe the, the, the best defensive prospect he thought he was going to be, uh, Ramses Ristolainen is still uh, like a mean son of a bitch. Um, so, I mean, but they don't really scare you. They don't scare right. you. Um, New Jersey is kind of the same thing as Buffalo. Uh, they're a young team, too. They just got Jack Hughes, who's going to be a stud. Uh, they just signed Mackenzie Blackwood, the, the, you know, a young goaltender. Um, as we know, as Flyers fans, a uh, young goaltender can change a lot, uh, change, can change your season a lot. Um, but I mean, you have Nick, Nico Hirscher, who's still pretty, uh, damn good player too. Um, but, and they're always a thorn in the side of the Flyers, no matter where they are in the standings. Um, so that'll be interesting. Um, but I mean, the, the, the one that really worries me is the Islanders. Um, because it just seems no matter what, uh, the Flyers can't figure out how to beat a Barry Trotz coach team. It was it happened when they were with the Capitals. Um, you can see it now with the Islanders. It just seems like there's that like mental block, and they can't get past that team. So that's the only one where I'm kind of like, you face them eight times, you have to at least figure out something here, you know. Um, there's really no excuse. You see an opponent that many times, you've got to figure out something. And then exactly. if you look at Pittsburgh and Washington, I mean, they've had better days, better days behind them. They're older. Um, let me see. Uh, Pittsburgh is going through so many player changes. Their defense is not good. Washington lost Holpe, had Lundquist, and now Lundquist is gone. Um, so they just don't seem as threatening. Um, and really last year, Philly had their way with a lot of these teams in the, in their division now. So, um, it'll, it'll be interesting. I, I hope they can finally figure out the Islanders. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, looking at those teams, that's the only team that scares me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you saw what they did to us last season. They were, the, the Flyers just couldn't seem to find the key to do right. that, you know, to get past them. Uh, they, they just couldn't solve them. Um, like you said, Pittsburgh and Washington. I think Pittsburgh is, I think their window has closed for Stanley Cups with the, the core, you know, yeah. star group I mean, they have. if it's not closed completely, it's like almost, it's like that much open. It's, they, yeah. they've had better days. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Washington, not so, not so sure about, but the whole goaltending situation really throws a wrench into their season and we'll get more into that later. Um, but you know, the Rangers, uh, you know, I kind of throw them in with the, the devils, like, right. Going into 
the last couple seasons, seeing the the moves, the acquisitions that say the Devils made, um, right, know, bringing in Simmons, Subban, you know, they made some they made some some really good moves. They they brought in some great players. I really didn't expect them to fall where they did. Um, right, it's it, it it's pretty crazy. Um, why don't you talk about the uh, the the new uh, the new divisions with the the North division? The North. <laughs> so it's looking like the North is, you know, the all Canadian division. Um, but the crazy part about that is we don't even know if they're going to be playing in Canada. You know, there, there was supposed to be information coming out today, but uh, there, a deal has not been struck. The provinces are not really okay with, you know, the situation of them playing and traveling. Um, it, it looks like it might come down to the 11th hour, but none of the provinces want to be that one that says, okay, well, we'll do it. But, you know, it, it, it's weird. But um, if I had to look at it, um, I would think probably Edmonton, Toronto, maybe Montreal and Calgary. Either Calgary or Winnipeg could be your top four in that division. Mm-hmm. I I agree. I agree. I mean, I know Holpe went to Vancouver. That shores mm-hmm. up some stability in that for them. Um, after losing Markstrom to Calgary, after losing, God, feels like half their team to Calgary. Right. Um, that'll be an interesting one. I mean, I think really looking at this, the whole the whole theme is just anything can happen. I mean, mm-hmm. like I was starting to say, the, the Devils. The moves that they made, they they looked like they were going to be a lot scarier, um, and then we saw what happened to them. So, it's it's really hard with some of those teams to make a prediction, you mm-hmm. know, um, especially especially this year. I mean, this is going to be a weird year. Fifty six games. It is. Anything happen in a short season like this, and we've seen it before in some of the lockout shortened seasons. Anything mm-hmm. can happen. You lose five six games in a row, that might be it for you. You might be done. Uh-huh. Yeah, in a shortened season like this, it is of the utmost importance that you come out of the gates swinging and win as many as you can early on, because you're going to run out of time if you you know if you flounder in the beginning. Um, you know, in a, in a regular 82 season game, you might be able to you know kind of stink it up in the beginning, but you can like pull it together around November um, through through January, if you can turn the ship around, you still be able to salvage it. But if you come out of the gates tripping in a shortened season like this, you could see your playoff chances go instantly. So it's going to be, um, it'll be fun to say. Um, I will say, I don't think I'm giving Vancouver enough credit. I, you know what? I'll switch out Montreal for Vancouver because they got a lot of young talent. I for, uh, Elias Peterson and Quinn Hughes. Quinn Hughes mm-hmm. is legit. I mean, and Peterson, my God, uh, he went, I think, fifth overall that draft year. Patrick went second. I, I think there's a um, – Yeah, he's shown there's a lot I mean, of for teams his size, that are – He's one of those smaller guys, man, but he, he finds a way. He's good. Yeah. He's slippery. Hey, he's talented as hell. It's a shame he had some concussion history. Uh, he had concussion issues. I think – I don't know if it was the last season or the season before. Um, but that kid's great. Um you know, they do have Holpe, so that, that kind of 
le- legitimizes their their goaltending. Um, but I mean, like that's a fun team to watch. Um, you know, they play on the West Coast. We don't get to see them as much. I don't. I didn't get to see as many of their uh, playoff games. But that's a fun team. Hmm. I mean, there'll be only one way to see them this year. So <laughs> maybe that'll happen. Uh, maybe. Yeah. Uh, so with this, w- with all these changes, and there mm-hmm. are a lot of changes, um, with the questionable season for the AHL, whether that happens or not. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. NHL has introduced taxi squads for each right. team. Taxi squads. Um, <laughs> where if, if you want to bring up uh, the info, um, we've got a, we've got a graphic showing some of the information on that. Um, players or teams can only bring up between four and six players. Right. At look. Um, and these are, these are AHL players or, or minor league players that will travel right. with the team, practice with the team. Um, they'll still have to go through the normal procedures for waivers. If they're getting called up to the club to actually play in, in the event of injury or what have you. Um, mm-hmm. But basically there's a lot of information here on the taxi squads, but right. the basic you know, the gist of it is it allows them to bring four to six players along with them. I think one of mm-hmm. them has to be a goal. Um, yep. And, right. and it, it just basically keeps them, keeps these guys fresh, you know, mm-hmm. in the event that they're needed. Um, so they're not just sitting around, <laughs> you know, right. Um, yeah. Out of team action. Uh, and we saw a quote from, from uh, Chuck Fletcher today, pretty much saying that, you know, the six most, game ready players are, are going to be the ones that, that make that squad. So mm-hmm. it, it might come down to the fact that, you know, normally in, in off season training camp, um, when we see them starting to make the cuts from the big club, they'll just keep, there's just six extra spots this time, you know, right. There's just the mm-hmm. rules that you have to go through waivers or whatever to get, get up and play with the mm-hmm. club. But uh, you've got six extra spots to carry, say, Morgan Frost, I would assume, sticks with the club. Um, Absolutely. Goalie-wise, Alex Lyon? It's maybe? Alex Lyon. Yeah, it, it's it's only Alex I, Lyon, really. I mean, they brought him with, with the team to go to the bubble mm-hmm. as well. Um, that, that tells me it's most likely going to be him. He's reliable. They can depend yeah. on him. Yep. Has NHL experience. That's always a plus. Uh, you would think Morgan Frost is probably, you know, if there's a uh, an, an injury to center, he's probably going to be the first call up. Um, but it'll be interesting to see, the, to, you know, look at that Morgan Frost situation uh, because a guy like him needs to play. Um, he was almost on the cusp of making it, you know, last season kind of fizzled out. He did play for a little mm-hmm. bit, um, but he couldn't really stick. But it's it's of you know real importance that he gets some playing time, and I, and I bet at some point he'll see some action this season. I would think, um, but you know it'll be interesting to see because he needs to play. He really does. He does. Yeah, yeah. I mean, especially a goalie. You know, you got to mm-hmm. keep these guys fresh. Got to keep them on their toes and and as close to game action as possible. 
Um, so that, that'll be interesting to see how they, mm-hmm. how this, um, the players that, that will, you know, join the taxi squad, um, you know, they're getting paid their, their normal AHL salaries unless right. they get called up to the club. Um, there's no cap hit on them while they're on the, Which is the huge. taxi squad. That's huge. That's, that's massive, especially with the flat cap for this season mm-hmm. and the next few seasons. Um, that, that'll be huge. It allows teams to, to definitely make moves and adjustments as they need, you know, to, to fit some, some adjustments in there. Um, and, you know, the, the one-way contract, two-way contract, all that stuff basically stays the same. Um, right. So th- that'll be interesting. I think it'll be good for some of those young kids to, to get some some good experience. Even if mm-hmm. they're not playing, they'll be with the team. And right. sometimes that, just that, just having the veteran presence at practice, yeah. you know, to learn how some of these guys work out. I know they talked a lot about that with Yager when Yager was around and his work mm-hmm. ethic and that, that helped a lot of the young kids that we had at the time. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the way we see Giroux, the way we see Coots now, um, how strong Coots is on the block. I, yeah. I think that's, you know, the intangibles that you don't see um, mm-hmm. with having a player like Yager, that veteran presence that, that young players mm-hmm. look up to. Um, yeah. It'll be interesting. It, it'll sure be interesting. Um, so we've got some rule changes as well. Right. right. This came out recently i don't know if it was yesterday or the day before uh the nhl's tweaking the offsides rule so that'll be uh fun to witness i'm sure yeah. that's going to piss off a lot of coaches too yeah i'm sure i'm sure but i'm i'm so excited to see that uh oh boys buzzing boys are buzzing. <laughs> boys are buzzing um, yeah i'm so excited to see that um i mean just how many times did we see that this past playoffs where you know a goal was called off because it was offsides by like by that, and it, not even right. because the player foot was in the zone, he had just lifted it off the ice. Um, right. So right now, um, we're we're under the impression that even if the player's skate is over the line, um, mm-hmm. uh, it'll stay on sides. Um, right. Their official ruling is that. A player's skate will not have to be in contact with the blue line in order to stay on side. It just has to be over the plane. It has to be breaking the plane of the blue line, mm-hmm. basically. Um, so I, I think that'll that'll help. I, I think we'll see increased scoring because of that. Most likely, yeah. And maybe, you know, less challenges now. Uh, I'll right. never forget that, that, that challenge that Dave Haxall did one year. Um, and completely blew it, and I think he gave the other team like two or three power plays or something. So I mean, it's it's oh. always good. I think it's like a, a positive. I think it could be a positive rule change. I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Um, all right, so let's move on to to Flyers news now. I mean, we, we've been sure. covering some of the new the new season changes, but um, we've got the the Flyers schedule. Um, Mm-hmm. If you want to talk about that a little bit, I'll see if I can pull up a graphic we can show. Let's see if I can bring up a graphic. We know that there's going to be a lot of back-to-back games. I mean, they start off the season with two games mm-hmm. against Pittsburgh. Um, um, I mean, if, 
if you're a Flyers fan, I think that's probably legitimately the best way you could start a season is um, starting off against the Penguins. And they have uh, their first four games are all at home. Um, two against Pittsburgh, two against Buffalo. Um, and that could, you know, they could probably win three to four of those games, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just great. Yeah, uh, it's it's so crazy to see it. You know, it is. Mm-hmm. Like, two games against Pittsburgh, two against Buffalo, then two in Boston, then two in Jersey. Right. Back at home for two against the Islanders, two against the Bruins again. It's it's wild. <laughs> it's absolutely wild. And this is I mean, this might be the only time we ever see something like this. It, true. And then you know the games from the thirteenth to the twenty third are all going to be great. And then you hit this the twenty sixth through the thirty first, and it's just Jersey, Jersey, uh, and the Islanders and the Islanders, and that's going to be the most boring. Just <laughs> dumb hockey ever. I it's going to be just horrible. Um, yeah, but I mean, it starts off with a bang, and then you kind of just hit that lull in January. Um, they don't even play Washington until February, the beginning of February. Um, mm-hmm. But um, the end in May, which will be probably really important. You end the final four games, final five games. One against Jersey, which could always be difficult, but then the the final four are both uh, uh, Pittsburgh um, at Philly, and then the last two games are at Washington. So I mean, those could be really super important games at the end there. And those are both back to backs, both yep. series. Uh, yeah, they're both back to back days too. Uh, May third and May fourth uh, against Pittsburgh, and May seventh and eighth against Washington. So there's really no room for error, you know, no. closing out this really any point in the season. There's no room for error here. No, um, the stakes are just too high. They're, they're just too high. Um, so this should be very interesting. We, we should see some really good hockey here because all the teams know mm-hmm. how important it is to get a good start and just stabilize, you know, exactly. So exactly. Um, that that last portion in April, from April 18th to the 29th, is probably going to be one of their toughest stretches because you you play the Islanders twice, you play Jersey twice. Um, the Rangers could be difficult this year, and then you know Washington's in there again. So that could really, if the Flyers struggle, if you know if they actually end up do being you know not as good as we thought, that that April portion could be really tough that could really make or break them yeah yeah i mean you talk about the rangers too uh, that's a team that we just don't know we just don't know yep. at this point they've got some good players even you know losing lundquist they've got two pretty solid goaltenders in shesterkin and georgiev you know two yeah two goaltenders that to a fan of another team you know like us mm-hmm. kind of feels like they came out of nowhere I mean, I, I recall I was at a game with with my dad uh, mm-hmm. two years ago, and we were we were at a Flyers Rangers game, and Georgiev was in net, and he was playing really well. <laughs> we had Rangers fans behind us. We were like, "Who the, who the hell is this guy?" <laughs> like, oh yeah, he's gonna be good. Oh my yeah. god, it, it was just weird because we've never never heard the name before, 
And I can't remember who they had just lost the season before who was backing up Lundqvist. But that was the right. first time I ever heard his name. And he's proved to be pretty good. So we'll see what happens. I mean, yeah, a goalie can really change everything. Like, look at the playoffs with Columbus. I forget what that young goaltender's name was, but he stopped like 100 shots. It was like, um, what was it? Right. What was it, 4 OT? And he must have stopped 100 shots. Like, it's just crazy that these these goaltenders just come out of nowhere, and they can just change Mm -hmm. the complexion of your team just like that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, So that's the schedule um it's it's a fun one it's gonna be uh, a it's, fun fun couple months it's it's a bloodbath and you know this this season is gonna be great because it's gonna carry over into the next season mm-hmm. you're gonna get all that build-up hatred is gonna spill over to the next season it's gonna be great i, I yeah. it's more fun when you have rivalries that are are good so i hope this really just sets like a like a, a wildfire going on Exactly. Exactly. Um, so off season acquisition, not acquisitions, but off season, uh, transactions flyers mm-hmm. have, have done some signing recently. Um, we did see a lull when there right. wasn't much about the new season, but once news about the new season came out, um, it, it all, it, it all just kind of started to pour out, you know, right. Um, the dam broke. Flyers, yeah, exactly. The Flyers signed their restricted free agent defenseman, Phil Myers. Um, yeah, he was their the last one. to take care of. Um, bridge deal for him. Mm-hmm. He was an RFA. He's getting three years, $7.65 million, and that comes at a $2.55 million annual average value. Um, mm-hmm. Thoughts on, on the contract? I mean, I love it. It's a typical bridge deal. Um, you're locking up another young piece for, you know, their prime years. Um, if he proves that he's not just a very good player, but, you know, he's capable of being that, uh, like another elite defenseman, um, it's going to look like a steal. Honestly. And then, I mean, obviously once the three years are up, he's going to get paid. Um, but it's mm-hmm. going to, it's definitely like a three years of prove it. You know, yeah. and it's a good price. I, you know, it's, maybe it's even a little bit less than what he deserves. But, you know, it's a flat cap, obviously. And that throws a wrench in everything, really. But it's good to have him locked up for another three years. It's great. I'm very excited to see where he goes this season. I am, too. I am, too. I mean, it, when you look at the, the number of games he has in the NHL, it's, it's not that many. Um, mm-hmm. So to get... A, Point five five million dollar, you know, a season deal. I think right now, looking at it on paper, is good for him. But mm-hmm. I, I think it'll be a steal in the end because, like you said, I, I think he's just going to exponentially get better as the seasons go on. And I think by the third season, his last, you know, contract year, I think he'll be he'll be pretty cheap for what they're getting out of him. Um, I mean, right. he's such he's such. <clears throat> He's an incredible player when you think about it. You know, his yes. size he should not be as good of a skater as he is. He should not be as good of a stick handler and shooter as he is. And he skates around there like he's, you know, like he's Marty St. Louis or something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But he's, he's, it's just, uh, he's incredible to watch. 
I mean, I love to use the term unicorn because that's what I feel like he is. He's a 6'5", mobile defenseman. Um, Not just a defensive defenseman or just an offensive defenseman, but he can, because he's so big and his wingspan is so gigantic, he's able to get up uh, north and south on the ice quickly. You know, if someone gets past him, he's able to, you know, close that gap at an insane uh, like yep. speed just because he's so big. Um, yeah. And honestly, yeah. I feel like that last series with the Islanders, he was one of the better players. I think he scored, what, two overtime goals for, you know, and he's a, a young kid. Yeah. In a yeah. crazy playoff scenario where you're in a, a bubble, you know, that no one could have predicted. Um, but I mean, I love his entire story that he's this undrafted kid that just everybody, even the Flyers, you know, passed on drafting, drafting him. And mm-hmm. he, he signs uh, a contract to, to try out, uh, shows, you know, he has some moxie and, you know, impresses Hextall. Um, and, and they sign him up and the kid, you know, was, you know, you could see it in juniors that this kid was mm-hmm. talented. And it just yeah. made people facepalm, like, how the hell did we miss this kid? Um, yeah. So I'm excited. I hope uh, that he's able to go and just kind of fill in that space for Niskanen, that top pair. Um, he's right-handed. I feel like if there's a player that can really unlock Phil Myers' potential, it's probably Provorov. So, mm-hmm. I mean, knock on wood, hopefully he, he just crushes it next season. That would be great to see, to you know, if that that tandem happens, you know, a mm-hmm. Provorov minus shut down first, you know, first D line. Um, <clears throat> I think it'll be hard to replace Niskanen, number one. Yeah, I mean, no question about it. It's it's going to be impossible to replace him, but I mm-hmm. think they have a core group of young kids coming up who have the ability to get better because they're. they're they're still young. They're still yeah. young. They haven't prime yet. Um, so I, I don't. I think it's good that they haven't gone out and and you know brought in mm-hmm. some big time UFA or something. You know to to, right. to shore up defense. You know they did go out and they added uh, Gustafson from Chicago mm-hmm. on D, but I feel like that was more of a depth signing. You know it, it gives them gives them a little <clears throat> bit more. Depth, basically, stability, reliability, whatever you, whatever yeah. you want to call it. Um, mm-hmm. He's a player that plays kind of like Gostas Bear. Right. We'll see what that ghost, who seemed like he showed promise in bouncing back from injuries in, mm-hmm. you know, the whole playoff season they had. Um, he, he looked a lot, ghost looked a lot like him, his old self in the playoffs this right. year, I thought. So we'll see what that means for, for him. Um, but yeah, again, Phil Myers, great signing, um, obviously an RFA, like they brought him in, but great signing, uh, great kid. Uh, I can't wait to see what he, what he does this year. Um, Mm -hmm. moving on, they also signed Mason Millman, um, who was their fourth round draft pick in the 2019 entry draft. Um, they signed him just a few days ago to his three year entry level contract. Not much to say here about the kid. Um, obviously we haven't seen him at all he's still in juniors i think um but good to see that they're you know that they think highly Mm -hmm. enough of a a fourth draft pick last year 
that uh, he signs his his entry level contract. So we'll see what he can do. Um, right. I'm, I'm not sure. I don't know if you've seen anything. I'm just thinking about it now. If they're having a normal training camp with all those young kids, you know, they normally do the rookie camp leading into the training camp. You're right. I haven't um, this year. So you're right. They usually do the rookie camp and they do the uh, the trial by the aisle in Stone Harbor. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. don't think that's happening this year. Um, it's going to be interesting for these prospects because they need playing time. And this is going back to, you know, when we we're talking about Frost. These kids, in order to develop, the only way they can develop is on the ice playing minutes, yep. playing meaningful minutes on their AHL team. Um, I don't know if the major juniors are um, at this point playing. I don't know if they struck a deal or anything. Um, but, I believe you know, are, but I think some teams, depending on COVID outbreaks, are pausing. And I, th- mm-hmm. I think I saw that the whole league paused recently, but I'm not sure. Um, so we'll have to get back on that. So it's going to be tough for these prospects. Um, it's going to be a tough year, but it's always good when you lock up you know, more young talent. I mean, maybe he turns out to be better than, you know, what they initially uh, projected him to be. Um, you never know. But, you know, he's under contract, and it's good to say um, hopefully it works out. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's been reported by Bill Meltzer that uh, a number of, of Flyers players are are back to the uh, Voorhees practice facility at the skate zone there. Um, and it, it sounds like there's only a few missing at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, you need a name that are actually there at this point, basically 90% of the team. Um, yeah, I think I saw on, on Claude Giroux's Instagram, it looks like they were traveling down, um, the last like day or so, um, you know, driving through, I think they were, they were at a, at Bam Hortons or something like that, changing their, <laughs> their newborn. So, um, a lot of players trickling in, um, and I'm, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure that the, the the teams that did not make the playoffs last year probably mm-hmm. have most back since they can start training camp sooner. Right. Uh, so we're, we're getting there, man. We're, we're, yeah. we're so, I mean, we're so close. They, they just uh, released a picture on uh, Twitter of uh, Gustafson skating. So it's always good. Like when you, when you see like the training camp photos, cause then, you know, it starts to get, you start to get excited because you know, when training camp starts, it's so close to the season. And then, mm-hmm. You know, they released a schedule later that day, today, and they just, you know, it's been great. It's a great feeling. It is. It is. Um, so talking about those players. Yes. And talking about the health of some of those players. We do have um, to talk about the health of Oscar Lindblom and Nolan Patrick, two right. big-time key forwards to this team. Lindblom, who was leading the team in goals when he was diagnosed with cancer, around this time last right. year. Um, and Nolan Patrick, a number two pick in the draft, who um, yeah. missed the entire season last year due to migraine disorder. Um, mm-hmm. Things sound optimistic, very, very optimistic about both of they these dipped. guys. Uh, we, I know you and I, I mean, we've been talking about this a lot just over the last week and prepping for tonight's episode. Um, just today, I mean, mm-hmm. this afternoon, just mere three or four hours ago, Fletcher coming out um, and pretty much <laughs> giving us some pretty pretty optimistic hope that both these players yeah. will play this season and both 
may may even start the season with the team um which would be just absolutely incredible and basically is like going out and signing a big time ufa over the summer you know you're you're, right. you're getting somebody who you didn't have basically um so i mean talk about that talk, talk, just talk about how <laughs> how big sure. this is for, for both of those players to come back i mean that was probably um from a flyer standpoint a limblom you know being diagnosed with cancer that was probably one of the biggest if not the biggest storylines for you know the team because you know he's a, a young kid, very well liked in the locker room, um, very sweet. You know he's out there and he's killing it. He absolutely is. Just you know, the, the fans are excited for him. Then all of a sudden, boom, uh, they they have the press release that you know he has cancer and that he's done. And it's one of the most heartbreaking feelings that I've felt in a while. It was just so devastating. And then you know the, they documented his whole journey. All the way up to the point where you know you see him with a shaved head and he's ringing the bell because he's finally cancer free, and it was just yeah. like an amazing situation and and how that inspired the entire team. Um, now fast forwarding to today, I think Chuck Fletcher basically said that I mean he's pretty much good to go. Um, you know he's been able to work out. He's expected for game one. It's an incredible story. God bless him. I'm happy. Um, he's probably going to kill it this year you know uh i, mean, I, I think yeah mm -hmm. uh i mean it was just incredible even playing in the playoffs i don't know if it was one or two games but just to see him out there you know from where he was to to where he is now it's just an incredible journey mm -hmm. um and then you have patrick and you know the much maligned you know top two pick of the draft a um, lot of injury history in major juniors with the Brandon Wheat Kings um, you know he had a, a hernia surgery I think they misdiagnosed another hernia so he was out uh, the majority of um, I, I believe his draft year um, the, the the year leading up to when he was drafted by the Flyers um, you know when he's been able to play he's looked great he really has you know you can see he has all the tools he's just a defensive two-way monster like that's what you can see his potential to be but i mean then he's has been injury prone in the majors he he got a, a concussion I, I it was the season before last i think he had a concussion and then last season he couldn't play because he had a migraine disorder um which I'd never even heard of, honest to God, um, before he got it. Um, but I mean, it, it was a little disconcerting, you know, when someone has that much, that many injuries, you know, at such a young age. But it seems that, you know, he might have gotten over this migraine disorder. Um, Chuck Fletcher today, speaking with the media, he spoke about him. He was still kind of guarded in what he said, but it sounded very optimistic. And I would really be surprised if he's not on the roster uh, on, on game mm -hmm. one, centering that third line. I would be shocked. It would have to be a massive setback. But uh, mm -hmm. January 3rd, we'll find out. That's when the the uh, the physicals are done. Um, so I, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic, but I think game one, 
January 13th against Pittsburgh. He'll be there. He'll be on the bench. I would be shocked if he wasn't, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to stay, you know, cautious so I don't get totally disappointed, but I, I feel the same way. Um, uh, I mean, the comments that Fletcher made today about both of the players in regards to Patrick, uh, he's, he said he looked really good. Um, and he said That's the biggest thing right there. That's the biggest yeah. indicator. Because if he was not on the ice skating at in, in any way, shape, or form, I know he played a charity game um, a little bit after the playoffs, and there was video of it. But if he wasn't on the ice, that would be your hugest, like the, the hugest indicator that he wasn't ready. But it seems like right. he is. And I don't think a, a GM would make that kind of optimistic comment right. about the player if he didn't feel that confident that he would be there right. and he would be. So um, that that's huge. That's massive to this team. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that kind of they need they need a spark in in the yeah. offensive you know scoring department they really do um and in the case of Lindblom you know Fletcher yeah. came out today and said you know he had a great off season and said he basically regained all the muscle mass that he had lost during which is incredible season. that's insane <laughs> that's incredible that's just I, I can't believe that I mean it doesn't surprise me though because he he he's just such a warrior, you know. Mm-hmm. He only wants one 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 way to go, and that's just to power through everything. Um, mm-hmm. And we saw that with the cancer diagnosis and the way he he handled that with just such such a great mentality. You know, he just yeah. seems like such a positive, genuine person to be around. Um, and yeah. it's no wonder that the team just rallies around him. You know, um, so. I'm so psyched yeah. at that news, and I cannot wait to see them back on the ice with the team. I, I can't wait. That that'll be just oh, so good. Agreed. It'll be <laughs> so very good. uplifting. Yeah, yeah. Um, so with those two out of the way, the only other change, real really, to the roster is the addition of Eric Gustafson. <clears throat> right. With uh, you know the addition of him on the on the the D. Um, they did bring um, Braun back, but he, he was here last year. They just signed him to to another right. a year. Braun was kind of like, okay, Niskanen is is fully done. Um, we need to, you know, still solidify our defense. So, obviously, as soon as the, the announcement went out that Niskanen was retiring, he was done, that's when they, they re-signed um, Braun just to kind of, like, stabilize the defense. Um, as far as Eric Gustafson goes. Um, no one should see him as the replacement for Niskanen because they are two totally different players. Absolutely. If you're if you're going in thinking that you know this is the guy that's there to replace Niskanen, you're going to be sorely disappointed. Um, yes, absolutely. He, he's he's depth is basically he, what he is. He he's depth. He's stability. He solidifies the defense, but he's not there to play the big minutes with Provorov that you know Niskanen uh, was going to do. Now, is he capable of doing that in spurts? Maybe he played for Chicago next to Duncan Keith, had his best year next to Duncan Keith. So, I mean, obviously, there is you know 
some history there that he can maybe go up to a top pairing um, and not be a, a total detriment. But if we're looking at it, you know, as who replaces Niskanen, it's pro- it should be Phil Myers' job to lose. That's my gut feeling. Um, so yeah, that th- those are my thoughts. Don't look as at Eric Gustafson as like some type of savior or, or anything like that. He's just there to solidify the defense as best you know they can in a flat cap world. And you just hope exactly. that your young guns can take that next step. Right, right. He's he's a safety stability addition with the loss of Niskanen and right. with the question marks around Ghost and, and what kind of year he had if he stays mm-hmm. with the team. Um, I know there have been a lot of uh, rumors. Uh, it feels like there's always rumors around Ghost swirling at you know trade deadlines it, and, and over the his summer. contract is is very team friendly. Um, it is. So, uh, from that aspect, I can see why he's constantly in rumors. But I mean, there's always other rumors about Ghost swirling around that maybe he's not the best team player. Um, that, you know, he might have a quote-unquote attitude problem, something like that. He's kind of alluded to it in interviews that, you know, yeah, maybe he could be a little bit of a better teammate, um, not get so frustrated when he's out on the ice. Um, It would be nice if he were able to return to form to that 65-point defenseman where you're getting, (laughs) you know, a solid power play one defenseman that can bomb it from the point. Yeah, um, putting up like 15 goals, like oh my god, you know. Think about that. Think about that, Max. If they had, you know, um, Provorov quarterbacking the first power play unit, and then you know you get the second power power play unit, and you got Ghost quarterbacking that one, like you one two punch. Well, if if he can perform at that level, and the crazy thing is, is that Provorov isn't even that good on the power play necessarily and that's like one of his weird flaws with pro rob is that he's this all-around really great defenseman but then he goes on the power play and it's just kind of like fizzle he fizzles out mm-hmm. uh, so i don't I, I can't really explain that but it, it i don't know if ghost will ever be the ghost of you know what he of was ghost. of ghost pa- of ghosts of winter's past right um <laughs> or Christmas past, but he's had so many in- knee injuries, um, which have hobbled him. Um, he was good last year, but good in the sense that he wasn't a complete, you know, bomb out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if he necessarily did enough to, you know, secure a full-time spot on, on the deep, on, on, on the defense. Honestly, I could see him and Robert Haig, switching out every once in a while. Um, yeah. And with Gustafson, you run into redundancy. You have both of them are, they play a similar style of offensive game. Um, from what we saw last year, Elaine likes an offensive defenseman with a defensive defenseman. Um, you had Provorov take more of the offensive duty and Niskanen was, you know, there to solidify the back end should anything, you know, get past Provorov. Um, kind of like uh, Sanheim and, and Phil Myers. Though they're both offensively gifted, I think 
Samheim kind of played that more offensive role uh, while Phil was more defensive. And, you know, um, and or, or did Samheim play with Braun? I feel like he played with Braun in the beginning. Isn't that right? And then uh, Philip Myers kind of joined him at the end there. I think so. I don't think Phil Myers joined him at the end. I think that was more maybe a quarter of the way through the season, a quarter to like midway through the season, I believe. So, well, what I'm getting at is that, you know, you I, you can't put a pairing of Ghost and Gustafson on the ice because you're going to get in trouble. Um, they're just too so similar. It'll be, Op, they're too similar. In, uh, and, in deep like that. So you need to separate those two. And I don't necessarily know if you really want Robert Haig out there full-time either. You Ideally... Haig would be your seventh defenseman because he's kind of he's kind of a liability in his own zone. You know, he goes for mm-hmm. big hits, misses. Um, he gets torched sometimes, so it, it'll be interesting to see. Um, I if there if you had to ask me if, who would be the best candidate to be traded from the Flyers, I would probably say Ghost. Um, but it looks like he's staying for now. Uh, Chuck Fletcher said today that uh, this is their team. There's nothing cooking um, in free agency or trades for them. I mean, obviously, you know, he's not going to disclose anything. But I kind of tend to right. believe him with the black hat. So, yeah, uh, we'll see. It's a The defense yeah. is a project. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting. And you know what? Maybe, maybe they keep eight defensemen with the team just because of – the way mm-hmm. things are this season, you know? Um, so, so, yeah, so that, 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 that's our look at the, the defense, um, right. Going into the season as, as it is right now. Um, why don't we move on to the, uh, the world juniors, some prospects in action. Yes. Uh, the IIHF world junior championship under 20, mm-hmm. uh, tournament is, is underway slightly in in like pre-tournament action right now mm-hmm. um the tournament doesn't start officially until christmas day as it usually does um mm-hmm. so it runs christmas day until january 5th um you can catch most if not all of the action on nhl network they've always Correct. been good about broadcasting all of those games um and we've got some flyers prospects in that tournament to watch right um cam york bobby brink and emil andre um and let's start with team usa we've got cam mm-hmm. york and bobby brink on team usa um yeah. how how much uh do we have to look forward to on that i mean cam york is looking like he could be a stud on um defense for the flyers in the future um they they him and bobby brink played yesterday uh, for team usa um, I don't believe either one scored any points, but um, Cam York was on the top power play, um, you know, anchoring that. And then you had Bobby Brink on the second power play. And that's what you want to see, um, you know, with your prospects is that they're on the biggest stage in the prospect world and they're playing meaningful minutes. Um, mm-hmm. So that was good to see. Um, I don't know too much about Emil Andre. I know I follow a couple of um, Swedish Flyers fans on uh, Twitter, and they do like him a lot. I, I 
can't wait to see more of him. But it, it, there's only three that uh, Flyers prospects that made it to um, World Junior Championships this year. So gone are the days where we had maybe six or seven, um, because we a lot of those prospects have graduated uh, to the Flyers uh, and to mm-hmm. the Phantoms. So it's kind of bittersweet, but I I'm really excited for. Uh, Cam York and Bobby Brink. Honestly, I think Bobby Brink was a steal uh, last season. Uh, if he if his skating was better, because that was his biggest knock. If his skating was better, he probably would have been a first round pick, no doubt. I I agree, and I I just don't understand why why teams always put such an emphasis on that that it drops players the way it does. Because yeah. you should have in you should have enough faith in your your training coaches, your skating coaches, yeah. everything able to look at a kid like that and say he's got a hell of a shot he's got great hockey intelligence you know hockey iq right he's worth it let's just pick Mm -hmm. him up make sure we get him and then we can fix you know whatever weaknesses we we think he has um so yeah i think the flyers absolutely stole him where where they got him yeah it's always interesting to me the the way scouts think i mean you look at Cole Caulfield, who was drafted um, that same draft, he's diminutive. He's so tiny, but what can he do? He has great hockey IQ, and the kid can score from literally anywhere on the ice, anywhere. Yeah, and it's just it's funny to see, you know, how far back that he was picked, Um, and it's just like Alex DeBrincat. The same situation. He was he played with Connor McDavid. I think that hurt him a little bit because they're like, okay, well, he's he's not that good. He was playing with Connor McDavid, right? But the, the year, you know, after McDavid was drafted, he still posted 50 goals in juniors. Like, it was insane numbers. And he's only continued to do that in the NHL as, as yeah. a small forward. Um, and so it just shocks me. It's just – that's why you always have to go with the best player available. Always. Exactly. exactly. So talking about the prospects – Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked about the taxi squads and all that and how important that'll be because of the question marks around the AHL season, whether it's going to happen right. or not. The latest update we have on the AHL season, uh, you know, a possible Phantoms season, is the AHL announced uh, the end of October that they pushed back the start date of the season to February 5th. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the first time they've pushed it back. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if they can get this underway. Right. Because on one hand, I'm looking at it by, by February 5th, the NHL season will already be, you know, half a month underway. So I feel like the right. NHL should be able to look at and see, okay, they're having success. They're able to do it. Let's copy what they did. And, you know, we can do this. Um, I'm hoping that's the, the case. I'm really hoping that's the case. I, I would love nothing more than to be able to get these guys playing, you know, get them right. playing, get them back together, you know, get that chemistry going again. Um, the league has said that they'll continue to monitor the situation um, and just continue to stay in contact with all the clubs. And at this point, mm-hmm. that's all we know about that. So um, that's it. That, that's all we know. Um, the Seattle expansion draft 
is the next big, big thing to impact the Flyers that we can look forward oh, yeah. to. Not or, just the or, Flyers, but every right. team. Every team, exactly. Uh, I mean, <laughs> who knew how how dramatic that expansion draft would be for Vegas and the way that yeah. teams uh, teams kind of panicked a little bit. They and did. They, they made like a lot of like backhanded deals too that didn't work yeah. out for them. Yeah, yeah. And look at what Vegas did. I mean, their first season, man, they, they went to the cup finals. How crazy is that? <laughs> it's such a special situation because one – you had a team full of players that were, you know, discarded by their original teams. So you have that mm-hmm. initial bonding right there that you can all get behind, you know, like us yeah. against the world, right? But then yeah. this also happened in the wake of that shooting tragedy in Vegas, too. Yes. So yes, that yeah, before you hasn't even started. Before, right? It was. It happened like maybe couple months before it started but now you have like that whole community bonding too right exactly um but you know with that being said there's still a damn good team and there's still you know look at uh, um who was the the defenseman from from the blues the longtime blue that just um got traded to vegas because that's the only place he wanted to go to um petrangelo, petrangelo you're seeing a yeah. lot more of these players that are willing to go to Vegas because they just are such a great team. And as soon as they get mm-hmm. traded there, it just seems like they they explode to be these really great players. Like, um, look at, I don't know if he's still with Vegas, but Alexander Tuck, drafted by Minnesota, kind of languished there. Yeah. Gets traded mm-hmm. to, uh, or gets uh, chosen in the expansion draft, and like he's one of their better players. Um, it's just crazy. Yeah. Really good year. Um, dude, William Carlson, look at what William Carlson did that first season. The number. Yeah, that was insane. And then you have guys like, um, Max Pacioretty and Mark Stone that, you know, wanted to go to Vegas and, you know, they were good players on their older teams, but then they go to Vegas and they're, they're like, just incredible players now, especially Mark Stone. Mm-hmm. I, he's, I think he's, he could be one of the top 10 players in the NHL, honestly. Yeah. I mean, you got to think too, how much of it comes down to the fact that this is the first season for this team mm-hmm. in this city. There's no pressure, you know, right. There's got yeah. no pressure on these guys. That must have a, a tremendous effect on these players and how comfortable they are to go out True. and not have any expectations whatsoever. You know, couple that with the fact that, yes, that that underdog mentality that, you know, uh, my my team didn't protect me. They, they felt like they could do right. better without, who you know, whatever. Right. Um, I'm, I'm going to torch up the league. And I'm going to prove that you were wrong. So yeah. it's great motivation. Um, it's a lethal so, combo. Yeah. And. You know, it was only three years ago, and now we're three years ago now. But you know, now we're gonna have a, another expansion team in Seattle, the Kraken, mm-hmm. which is probably one of the best names for an NHL NHL team ever. I, I was on it. board with that name since the beginning. When people started throwing that out there, I was like, "Oh, yeah. please, 
please. That when I saw some of the other options, it just didn't come close, man. The mm-hmm. Kraken, it was just such a perfect, perfect team name. And when they announced perfect. that, I was so happy. Oh man, I've got a buddy, buddy of mine. Shout out Ross Billig. Um, already, already with his Kraken T-shirt and hat and everything. I think he's got a, a Kraken hoodie with the skate laces. Oh, tie. that's nice. Oh, he's so ready, man. He's so ready. I had uh, one of my Amazon delivery drivers um, showed up with a with a Kraken hat on. I think, um, and I had my uh, my Flyers flag out front, and we ended up talking, you know, hockey for like five ten minutes, um, mm-hmm. and he was super pumped for the Kraken. So it's funny to see even people out here getting excited for that. You know, I mean, at this yeah. point, you probably couldn't have a team farther away. Like that is West Coast <laughs> of the world. You know, yeah, maybe one of the northern West Coast Canadian teams. But right, it's basically like uh, Vancouver, honestly, because they're there's yeah. kind of like yeah. right there, Seattle, Vancouver. Be the biggest rivalry, I think, from the get go. I think Vancouver will be the biggest rivalry for them. That that I mean that'd be nice. That regional, you know, closeness. I the thing I'm curious about is I wonder if they get any added pressure because Vegas has done so well and has continued to do, do well with different players and a different coach. They're still I think so. one of the best teams. So I wonder if that's something that's like in the back of their mind, like, man, we might have to like really keep up here. So yeah. uh It'll, that'll be fun to see. Yeah, I hadn't thought about I, that actually. That might, that might, I don't know. It's hard. I, I almost feel like there might be more pressure on the management because yeah. of how well they mm-hmm. did. The players oh, yeah. might not feel as much, but I, I think the management will. Um, and I, I know you've been keeping very close tabs on, on the management and, you know, the, <laughs> the, the amount of scouts that they have and, they're almost right. they're almost moneyballing the NHL with this team before yeah. they even have a roster. Yeah, so it'd mm-hmm. be, be very interesting to see how they how they handle this and how teams handle their protection. Um, mm-hmm. You know what what players they're protecting. Who do you think right. the Flyers will protect? So, um, shout out to Cap Friendly, uh, one of the best sites you can ever go to if you're a hockey fan. Um, because they have a, I guess a, um, a a draft simulator. Um, so, well, let, let's break it down. So, the rules for this draft are: um, each team has to um, protect two options. You can protect seven forwards, three defensemen, and one goalie, or you can um, protect eight skaters. So either forward or defenseman, uh, or one goalie, and I think the majority of people or, or teams are probably going to go with seven three one as opposed to eight one. Mm-hmm. So you can actually go on their their website and you can actually go to you know the the team you want and you can see um, who you can choose, who you can't choose. Obviously, whoever on your team has a uh, no move clause. They have to be protected. If it's still in effect by the time the draft comes around, they have to be protected. So on the Flyers, that would be um, Kevin Hayes and Claude Giroux, which I think they probably would have been protected anyway Mm -hmm. if they didn't have it. But those are two that 
are automatically um, protected, right? Yeah. And the only two; those those are the only two any kind of trick right. clause they have, right? Which is good. So, honor <laughs> the days of yeah, the Paul Holmgren. You get a no trade clause. You get a no trade clause, right? Um, so, if you get a chance one day, you know, just try it out. But um, going through it it left me with an option of I had to protect it was down to to two people Scott Lawton or Aubrey Kubel I had to protect one of those so that was kind of the dilemma that I was at because I think if you let you know either one of those unprotected they're most likely going to get chosen by the Kraken um, mm-hmm. especially Aubrey Kubel because he is a um, stats darling and yeah. the Kraken have the second biggest analytics department behind um, Toronto but they're also evaluating things differently than any other NHL team whereas uh, a normal NHL team with a normal uh, analytics department would just kind of like use analytics via you know a trade scenario the Kraken are using analytics through mostly everything in their decision-making process. So if you have a player that's, you know, analytically decent, they're most likely, mm-hmm. you know, they, they could get picked by the Kraken. So, yeah, um, yeah. It, it'll be interesting. The, because of the short shortened season, um, the requirements um, for games played have, have changed. Um, so we're looking at, uh, for the exposure requirements are forwards. Uh, you have to, it's, I believe, two forwards under contract in 2021 and 22 and played in 27 or more NHL games. So that's down from 40 uh, last season or played in 54 or more NHL games in the last two seasons, which I believe is down from 70. Uh, okay. okay. Defense is the same thing. Uh, for one defenseman, and then uh, goalie is under contract in 2021 or 22, or whose contract is expiring and is an RFA in 2020, 2021. Um, so we, obviously, we know Hart is going to be protected. That's a no-brainer. Yeah. Um, so it's funny you mentioned the the draft simulator and coming down to Nick Kubel and Scott Lawton, because looking at Looking at you know the rules, rosters, the trade clauses, going over it in my head multiple times. That's always who I came down to was either Scott right. Lawton, or Kubel. I think uh, it's it's so hard because yeah. I could go, I could go with either one. I mean, I feel like Lawton offers a little bit more right now. Um, Nick's a little younger and he's, he's got a little bit more um, room to grow. I feel like, so he's right. He's almost like a safer pick because he hasn't quite come into his prime. He's got more possible upside, but he's also riskier because he might not hit that, that ceiling, True, you know, it's Uh, true. He's got more skill than I think people realize too. Exactly. Exactly. Um, And I feel like Scott Lawton, he's, He's realized the type of player he needs to be to stay in the league. He, he's not yes. going to be a first 
player. He knows that and he's embraced it and he's become effective at it. So I feel like with that, th- that's a safer pick because you know what you're getting. Um, and you know how sure. where you can fit your lineup. Um, so I, I think for that reason, I would probably say if I was Seattle and I was coming down to those two, I would probably sp- pick Scott Lawton. It's tough. I, I think if you're the Flyers, you have to look at it. Well, okay, who brings more value to the team right now? Right now. If, if you're looking at Lawton mm-hmm. and all the approval, um, it, it's like you said, I mean, I think Aubrey Kubel probably hasn't reached his potential yet, but there's always a question if, if he if he can. If but with Lawton, you know he can play pretty much lines four, three, and two. You saw how mm-hmm. well he played with Kevin Hayes and Travis Konechny. Mm-hmm. Um, he can play center and wing. The thing with Aubrey Kubel is, if you lose him, look at your prospect pipeline there are probably plenty of you know youngsters up and coming that could probably um fill his spot you know more than they could scott lawton so Mm -hmm. i would probably this is so tough i would probably if if it was me and thank god it's not up to me i would protect scott lawton and i probably would leave albay kubel um exposed and in saying that, I have also left Jake Voracek exposed too. Um, uh, that's something I, I was doing as well, just because with his contract, I really right. don't expect somebody to take that uh, unless they're trying to hit the cap floor. You know, right? I mean, it's a and it's if, a it's a big contract. If, if he's that's still case, a good player, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know. Think they'll uh, bite them. I mean. If, if that was the case and they did take Jake so that they could hit that cap minimum, I don't they would think, want some I mean, more. If, I don't think if, I'd be if, disappointed because I, I like Jake. I think he's a great guy. I, I think he's, he's a good hockey player, but I think he's frustrating to Flyers fans because he's not yeah. consistent. And yeah. at that, at that cap hit, I mean, he's making 8.25 mil a year uh-huh. um, for the next two. Yeah. He's got two more, three more, three more seasons on this contract. Uh-huh. Um, I think I'd be okay. Letting him go. I, I think so. I, I don't think he, if, if left unexposed, um, I don't think he would be chosen. I would think that something Fletcher would probably call up Ron Francis and be like, um, listen, we want you to take Jake Voracek. What else do you want? Right. It could be, I mean, before there were people throwing out first round picks attached to players. That would be, that would be tough to swallow Jake Voracek in a first. So they would just like take him. Yeah. Um, But I I don't think, I don't think they would do it. I think they would probably go for all the Cooper. Yeah. Yeah. I really don't see it it happening. Um, I think it comes down to one of those two. Um, yeah. I mean, look look at who they lost in the Vegas expansion: Pierre Edouard Belmar. Um, right. They were lucky I, I that time. They they got lucky. I mean, I liked the guy. I, I liked. I really liked his story. You know, making it to the club, 
be finding his role with that club. Um, right. And I mean, getting rewarded by having another a team coming in saying, "I think you're good enough to to play for us. I want you on our team." Yeah. Got to make him feel great, and he was part of that that you know Stanley Cup final team in that first year. Right. Great for him. Um, part of a really good Vegas team, and he was part of a really good Colorado team this past year. So there's yep. definitely a, a lot of people in the league love Belmore. Um, he's one of the few players that the Flyers fans hated during the Hacksaw years that actually still has a job in the NHL. Mm-hmm. So we might yeah, have been too hard on him. Nobody being thrown around anymore. God, I, knew I, that never would trigger. Hear that. I never <laughs> want to hear that fucking name ever again. Nothing against him. Nothing against him. No. But just against why him over other play? I just never understood that man. I, uh, well, I could he's go Toronto's problem now. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, so we we've gone over both who who the the Flyers will protect and and who we think right. Seattle will take. Um, so moving on from that, that's that's the last of our Flyers news. Um, so we're gonna move on to just league wide news at this point. Yeah. Um. So we've got season opener for the rest of the league. Um. Mm-hmm. If we can look at that. Um. We'll see who you know what other teams are are uh starting um can we get that graphic up well by the way shout out to our producer uh ian the mad king martini doing a great job tonight (laughs) yes ian is providing all of our uh production quality uh graphics and and switching Mm -hmm. and everything he's doing a damn good job uh and he's not even getting paid for it so yeah he's a uh, devil's fan so we wouldn't pay him anyway it's because he's a Devils fan. Yeah, he knew that coming in that he wouldn't get paid. <laughs> There's only one way to get paid. He wasn't willing to put on the golf chair. Yeah, so th- these are our season openers throughout the league, throughout the other yeah. divisions. Um, mm-hmm. You got Calgary and Winnipeg. That should be fun. You know, Edmonton oh, and yeah. Vancouver, Calgary, Toronto. It's just, I'm not going to go through all of them, but that 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 North Division, man, those Canadian teams. Man, that is going to be a fun division to watch. Every game. Edmonton, Vancouver is going to be a good one. That's just going to be That's good. I can't wait to see Edmonton and Calgary again, man. That rivalry that they generated the last couple of years. Oh, my God. I I, oh, I was that... so rooting to see them match up in the playoffs. I would have killed to see them match up in the playoffs after all the fights and all the physical games last season. Oh, yeah. Yo, Matt Kachuk really just knows how to bother players just in an extreme level. Great player. Would love to have him on the Flyers any day of the week. But he is yeah. a massive dick, and I'm, I'm here <laughs> for it. The fact uh, that yeah. he got Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid so pissed off that they said straight up if they played on the same team for the All-Star game, they would not go on the ice with him. Yes. Holy shit. That was incredible. That was incredible. Uh, What a great rivalry. Absolutely amazing. Um, I mean, that that whole division is going to be great. I can't wait. I cannot. 
I think I still have my NHL, uh, my NHL TV subscription. I'll have to, I'll have to check and see that, but I might still have that nice. so I can watch this. Um, looking at the West. Yes. Wow. Um, we've got Vegas and Anaheim, um, Thursday, January 14th. We've got, An- oh no. Oh, they've got, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anaheim and Vegas, January 14th. Um, that should be good. Uh, Colorado, St. Louis, that should be a fun one to watch. That should be a real good one. I really don't know who my top picks are in this division. Um, Um, I've always got a soft spot for Minnesota, and my boys up north know that. Shout out Mike and Matt. Um, Well, Colorado Colorado is is definitely like my definites. But other than that, for me, it's a crapshoot. It could be. I could definitely see Minnesota rounding out the bottom. Uh, maybe. I mean, San Jose is kind of like a shell of itself. Uh, LA Kings. I don't even know what's going on with them anymore, to be honest. I know. Coyotes are a perpetual mess. So it's Colorado, it's St. Louis, it's Minnesota, and who gives a shit about the rest? <laughs> How about Vegas? Oh, shit. Well, yeah, obviously Vegas. It's probably going to be down to Vegas and Colorado um, for that top spot. I have a feeling Nathan McKinnon is just going to shit on the entire league this season because he's just incredible. (laughs) Incredible player. And that's Nova Scotia boy. Look at that. A division with uh, Dallas and Carolina in the same division. Detroit. And Florida and Nashville, all in the same division. What is this? Yeah, <laughs> this is the one that that sucks to travel in. No, actually, you know what? That Canadian one is the one that sucks. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I mean, in this one, I got to pick. Let's see, who's my top four? My top four in the Central. I'm going to go Dallas. I'm still going to pick Tampa, even with the Kucherov news, which we haven't gotten yeah. to yet. They're still um, really good, regardless. Yeah, I'm gonna go Carolina for number three, not in order, uh, just my third right. pick. And uh, I'm gonna go Columbus. So I got okay. Carolina, Dallas, and Tampa. I'll agree with that. Um, Chicago is an absolute mess right now with reports of Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves being absolutely, you know, they passed at management over there that, that apparently they don't want to be part of the team. So they're nothing like they were. Uh, Detroit, I mean, when was the last time they were good? Been over a decade. Um, Been a while. Yeah. And you know what? You know what? Does it go back to uh, the cup? When when them in Pittsburgh went to the Cup Finals in back to back years, and they traded Cups. basically that that was it. I mean, time I remember them being like pretty relevant in the playoffs. The retirement of Nicholas Lidstrom kind of coincided with their downfall. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Zetterberg and Tatsu played a couple more years, but they they weren't you know anything like they were. But uh, yeah, I could see Columbus sneaking into that top four. They're pretty. They're a tough team. They are tough. Um, yeah. So they could probably grind it out for that fourth spot. 
Dallas was just in the cup final. They're still pretty good. Uh, yeah. Carolina, I feel like is everyone always thinks they're going to, you know, take that next step. They, yeah. they, they haven't yet, but they're still a very offensively gifted team with really good young players. So they can mm-hmm. definitely, they'll definitely be in that top four. Yeah. Funny. I, I haven't thought about this till now. I almost feel like Columbus is the new Nashville. Like they've kind of reversed roles a little bit. Nashville's kind of fallen off. They used to be that contender every year and not even contender, yeah. but they, you know, they were a shoe in for the playoffs every year. And, and, you know, they were a team that would fight to, to make it. They'd be hard to get through. Barry Trotz. Feel now, man. Barry yeah. Trotz. Yeah, Barry Trotz left. And and you see why he was such a fixture with that team from the beginning. Yeah. Uh, there's just something about him. I mean, you saw what he did with Washington. He went to Washington, won a cup, and bounced after one season. They wouldn't pay him. They won, he won them a cup and they would not pay him. I don't think it I've ever incredible. seen that. I don't think I've ever seen that. <laughs> no, that was so nuts. He didn't even get the ring yet. And he was like, I'm out. They're not paying me. Bye. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what the fuck Ted Leonsis was fucking thinking. But oh, Barry Trotz is one of the best coaches in the league. And yeah. he won you a cup. Like, pay the man. Pay him. He looks like Why angry. Would- Danny DeVito <laughs> does. Can I offer you an egg? Can I offer you a cup in trying time? Um, no, I don't want an egg. I just want my fucking money. Oh man, I just I, I can't believe that. I can't believe you wouldn't want to rally your team, your fans, your your players, everybody around this this guy who won you a cup, and just yeah. you just let just let him walk. And look, he's still in the same division as you. He's gonna fuck you over like so many times. Um, yeah. Seeing that, we're seeing that. Oh boy, and we've we've obviously gone over the East. Um, yeah. So, so that's yeah, that, that's it. Um, so, moving on from that, um, some big news in the league, some some heartbreaking news in the league. Yeah. Henrik uh, Lundqvist is going to miss the entire season due to a heart condition. Um, <sighs> This this just came out. This just blew me out of the water, man. I, I was so, so blown away. I mean, I've yeah. never been a Rangers fan. And I've never been a Caps fan. But I've always been a Lundqvist fan. I, uh-huh. I've always admired the guy. I think he's a great guy. I've always wanted him to, to win. I, I want him to retire with a cup. He deserves a cup. Um, yeah. It's and, a shame. It's so sad. It is seeing this announcement just breaks my heart for him, man. Because I, you know, I follow him on on Instagram. I see how excited he was to be with this new team, be in this new city. He was embracing right. it. He was going out into the into the city and everything, and um, trying to connect with fans as much as you can during you know a global pandemic. Um, but but he really embraced it and, and was really looking forward to it. Um, so that yeah. breaks my heart. If you haven't seen the uh, the announcement um this is the announcement he posted on uh on instagram um we'll we'll play it for you it's it's only about a minute and a half um today is a pretty tough and emotional day for me um for several weeks now i've been undergoing different types of tests related to a heart condition 
And after lots of discussions with doctors around the country and finally receiving the last results earlier this week, uh, I unfortunately won't be able to join the team this year. Uh, I now need to continue the process to address and fix these issues. Um, I can say for the past two months, I felt so inspired uh, and committed to prepare myself for this upcoming season. The daily skates and workouts and, and just the thought of playing in DC has really really brought me lots of excitement. Um, it's still very hard for me to uh, process all of this and kind of shocking, to be honest. Um, but with the experts involved, I, I know this is the only way of action. Um, I want to thank the entire Washington Capitals organization for, for giving me this opportunity and, and also for all the support they've shown throughout this challenging time. Um, I will now take some time to spend with my family and, and uh, also take the necessary steps towards uh, recovery. I want to wish you, all the fans, um, all the best. I also want to wish the team best of luck in this upcoming season. Uh, take care, guys. Uh, just watching it again for me, it's heartbreaking. It, you can it really is heartbreaking. Like, look at his face. He's you can devastated. see it in his eyes. You can hear it in his voice. He's so uh, heartbroken. Oh my god! It, it's it's sad that someone that talented, one of the best goalies ever, in my opinion, probably one the, the best goalie of his generation, doesn't even get to go out on his own terms. He probably will not win the cup. I, you know, he always pissed me off playing against the Flyers. Absolutely. Um, but like you said, he, he was just, he had this R of just like coolness about him. Like, first of all, yeah. he's extremely handsome, like incredibly <laughs> handsome. Yeah. Two, he always wears these sleek suits. He's got this yep. style about him. And I think he plays guitar too, right? Like, didn't he Does. play in? He plays with Johnny McEnroe, bad boy of tennis himself. He plays in a cover band with Johnny McEnroe. Oh my God! Uh, he's, yeah, I mean, he's just extremely cool. Of, yeah, it, it reminds me of that 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 uh, quote from one of the Austin Powers movies, where he's the man that women want and men want to be. You know? Yeah. So it, it, yeah. He just seems like such, but he also doesn't seem like a cocky sob either. You know, he just seems like no. a nice person. He's just um, the ultimate professional. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, heartbreaking, heartbreaking. I hope this is not the last that we've seen of him. I, I hope he can, you know, they can get a hold of this. But it's tough. He's no kid anymore. So. Yeah, with his age and that condition it's probably best for him to retire and it just it just stinks that it has to be in this fashion that he couldn't go out like chemo team and where uh he goes out with, with raising stanley cup so i mean yeah i think hopefully he's on uh like uh the nhl on nbc like he's a broadcaster because god knows he's got the chops to do that um mm -hmm. and maybe they'll finally fire mike milbury <laughs> oh god we can only hope right Whew. yeah I would, that, I would take that in a heartbeat oh my god what a, what a yeah what an improvement um so yeah our, our my hat goes off to to you 
Henrik. Um, I, ho- I hope this is not the last that we see of you. I hope we can hate your guts for at least another year. Um, so moving on from that, uh, we've got some some news out of St. Louis that they have named Ryan O'Reilly uh, their new captain, which, again, somebody I don't know that much about him as I know about Lundquist. Um, right. But he always just seems like a, like a good dude. I, I like the guy. I would love to have him on our team. Um, and I'm I'm genuinely happy close. for the guy. It, it, was, it close. was close. It was close. Ron almost did that deal, and it would have changed things around a little bit. Um, Who was it that was involved in that that rumored deal? I I can't even remember. I I don't remember. All I know is that Hextall, you know, the king of being just like standing pat, was. I don't know how aggressive he was, but apparently like he was going after Ryan O'Reilly after um, I think the falling out with Colorado. Um, mm-hmm. the, the one thing I remember with, with Ryan O'Reilly, other than him just being a great player is that I think he got drunk and he crashed into a Tim Hortons. <laughs> look that up. Yeah, I, look that up. I'm going to have to look that up now. Oh, right now. You want me to look that up right now? Um, he has one of the best beards in hockey too. Uh, he's a damn good player. Exactly. He's a perennial Selkie finalist. Like he's that good, uh, and he's played on some bad teams in his career. And thank God he won a cup with St. Louis. Hmm. Hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. You were correct. Five years ago, he uh, he crashed into a Tim Hortons. Yep. It's good coffee. Oh boy. Um, but he was the only one that was really, you know, capable of taking that, that captainship on that team. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, it seems like he's, he's come into his own. He, he's matured. He's yeah. taken on that veteran leader role. Um, we saw it with the blues when they won the cup. Um, he was influential in that locker room. Oh, yeah. Um, he certainly put the team on his back that year. Um, so very happy for, for Ryan O'Reilly. Congrats to you. We don't have to play you at all this season. So it's okay. Unless it's the final. Exactly. Um, God willing. God willing. So we've got some, some retirement news um, to talk about. Um, both Derek Englund just announcing today and yeah. uh, Alex Dean week that they are both retiring. Um, so that's, that's pretty big. I mean, Derek Englund, he, he's another one of those players that went to Vegas, man. He went to Vegas and he, he had a good time in Vegas. He'll, he'll always be a penguin to me. I remember uh, yeah, when they, when they called him up, he was just like a guy that was going to punch your face. It was actually kind of terrifying. Um, mm-hmm. And then I think he got traded to Calgary with a ridiculous contract. And then, uh, yeah, he went to – he was one of the original Vegas Knights, and they loved him. And I think he actually mm-hmm. had a, a a really good season with them, like all the other Vegas Knights. Yeah, yeah. And you know what's – you mentioned it earlier. He was one of those players uh, that I remember before the season started, before the first Vegas season – when that horrific shooting happened in Vegas, he was one of those yeah. players who I remember being instrumental in, you know, community activism and 
trying to to help the city heal. Um, yep. And at that at that point, he hadn't even played a game in that city and was already trying to go out and do what he can for the, for the you know so the, the city already knew what they were getting in this player before they ever got to see him you know uh-huh. uh, and i think that was huge. i think that was huge and i think that helped him take on that role in that city yeah you know um so you know congrats derek england he's had a good career you know uh and same yep. with alex steen um alex steen yeah you know great career with the blues man um, got that cup with them. Uh, he's no always been one of those. Rocks. Exactly. Exactly. Um, other news. Kovalchuk on the move. Again. <laughs> Buy again. Jeez. Any guesses uh, where he's going again this time? Let's go back to the motherland. He is going back to the motherland. He's going back to Russia again. Uh, and uh, I wish you could see the face on our, our director, Ian, right now. The Devils fan. He's just, yeah. oh, man. I mean, how yeah. much do the Devils must suck? If, if your option is the New Jersey Devils or Russia, and he's running the Russia team. Probably- Dude, he screwed. He screwed that team over so bad the first time he ran away to Russia. He really, you know what really the- did. The crazy part is when he was a devil, he was actually a better player than he ever was with Atlanta. Yeah. Because yeah, right. Jacques Lemaire beat in defense. Um, Jacques Lemaire and Peter DeBoer, who both defensive-minded coaches, um, they actually beat into him to be a two-way player. So that year when um, the Flyers lost to um, the Devils in the semifinals, Kovalchuk yeah. was actually back checking and like he was incredible. That entire mm-hmm. playoff series was incredible. And then he just bounces. Yeah. Um yep. he, he comes back how many years later he plays for Montreal. Um he still had a shot, but like the rest of him just couldn't keep up. And I don't even was he even a factor in, for the Capitals? I don't think so. It was just like it felt like not too much. Okay. I, I got to do something for my team. So let me, we'll, we'll trade for Kovalchuk because that, that, that's a name that can get our fan base excited, but he didn't do anything. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not um, surprised he's going back to Russia. I got to give a shout out to, uh, to Ian, our, our technical director right now, because uh, he just changed up that, <laughs> that lower third on the fly as you were talking. Max. He's yeah. He, he's not a, not a fan of Kovalchuk. Um, and okay, so <laughs> moving on, moving on from this, yeah. <laughs> uh, huge, huge injury news coming out today. Yeah, from the Tampa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, devastating for the player. That, I mean, the team will be okay, but that's devastating news. The team will be okay just because of the cap space that it, that is open in missing him. Um, yeah. I just don't think that a team would ever take that trade. You know, uh, I mean that that high quality of a player, that productive of a player, he's just so dangerous offensively. Um, he's he's got to be a top to five player in the world. Uh, yeah, especially right now. I mean, right now, yeah. I feel like he's in his. He's an incredible, so, incredible offensive player. 
they the Tampa Bay needed to shed some cap, but this is absolutely not the way you would ever want to shed cap. Um, right. They right. get nine point I mean, five million in relief from this, which is kind of like I guess maybe their silver lining, and that uh, allowed them to re-sign um, Anthony Chirelli, uh, who's probably one of the best defensive forwards and one of the main reasons why they won the cup this year um, because he yeah. was right there with Couturier. If we're talking about a defensive centerman, like he's one of the best right. ones. So it allows right. them to, you know, sign him, but it's still like you, you lose your best player for the season. It's just not yeah. good. Right. Right. I mean, like you said, it, it, it helps Tampa because they were in that position where they had to shed cap space. Um, they had to shed salary to, to get under the cap, but you don't ever want to do it this way. It, it just, just hurts. Put my tinfoil cap on. It's pretty convenient, too. Marion Hosa. Yeah. 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 Oh, I got um, a rash. I got to avoid my contract now. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, yeah, so that's terrible. But go, moving on to some good news. Um I saw this story today that uh, David Pasternak um, donated his Honda CRV that he won in the All Star game this year to a frontline worker, uh, a, a, a nurse, awesome. a local nurse near Boston, uh, who's also a single mother um, because David Pasternak was raised by a single mother. So, reading this story, it, it was it was just great to see. Um, and there's actually, we do have a video we can pop on real quick. As long as there's no ads. Dave, and I are here at Tufts Medical Center to create a holiday surprise for one of our ER nurses, Caitlin Hagstrom, one of the many caregivers on the front line during this fight against COVID. Caitlin's a dedicated nurse. She's a valued team member and a huge Bruins fan. David Pasternak of the Boston Bruins is going to surprise her by donating his Honda CRV that he won during the NHL All-Star game. Caitlin has no idea, so this is a big surprise for everyone. Which I did. Uh, you can sit right here. Okay. Hi, Nurse the Boston Bruins. I have heard about all the great work you have done over at Tufts Medical Center. I know you're a single mother. I'm raised by a single mother. I know how hard uh, it is to be raising family as a single mother and how much work you have to put in and how hard it is for you and I have so much respect for you. This past season I was awarded MVP of 2020 NHL Honda All-Star. I won a brand new Honda CRV hybrid. With that said, I would love to give you and your family a little surprise. All right, Caitlin, why don't you head outside and take a look? What? What's going on? The car? For me? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Oh my god. I'm in like shock right now. This is totally unexpected. I thought I was just meeting with my manager about a performance evaluation. Um, and it turns out I'm the owner of a new Honda CRV, so I'm quite surprised. Very exciting. And I'm still in shock. That's a pretty feel-good story. Um, you love, love to see to that. See it. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, uh, love to hate on the guy just because we see him so much. But 
you have to appreciate one how how good of a player he is, and two how good of a person he is to be able to yeah. do that. And it, I mean, it comes at just a great time, and I'm sure, you know, my fiance is a frontline worker in in the hospital. You know, I understand how much these people are going through, um, and to be a single mom, you know, he understands what they go through. So I'm sure that just completely changed um, this woman's year, you know, completely. Um, yeah. And what they, they didn't get into in the video was he also threw in um, hockey equipment for her, her son who I guess started skating the year, the year before or something like that, you know, a, a Jersey forum, new skates, new hockey equipment stuff like that. So j- you just, you love to see that kind of stuff. Um, so Especially in a year that's just been so tough too. It's, it's good to see like yeah. something really nice happen. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I did see a, uh, <laughs> a great story today. Um, we don't have it on our, our, our outline. So you, you have no idea what I'm about to talk about, but, um, oh, shit. okay. There was something that came up today. I, I found it in, in Twitter. Um, I'm looking for it right now. Actually, this, uh, this person on Twitter did some digging on, uh, Kevin Hayes, and I, I know that's one of our friends' favorite players. Um, looking at you, Hannah. Um, <laughs> shout out to Hannah. Shout out, Hannah. Um, so Kevin Hayes was apparently suspended at one point in college. And this person on Twitter, um, Legalize Hockey, is the, the Twitter handle of this person. Um, did some digging and found out that the reason for Kevin Hayes college athletics uh, suspension was because he took a shit in his college stairwell. (laughs) I guess this person wanted to make sure. Yeah. So this person, Caroline, I think is her name, wanted to make sure that, um, you know, it, it wasn't, it wasn't for any anything, you know, uh, like dark or evil, you know, um, you know, to, to be s- suspended as an athlete in college. It's kind of a big deal, you know, um, and a lot of stuff happened in yeah. college. You just your brain goes there, you know, so I, I guess she did some dig. I have no idea. I can't corroborate it. I, I can't confirm it. I have no Time idea out. what her was. Is it wrong that I can completely see Kevin Hayes actually doing that? No, and it's funny you say that because I think I love him more now. <laughs> I I mean, you you said that I'm like, yeah, Kevin Hayes did that. I, that yeah. I mean, that's totally. Jeez, man. Well, yeah. good for him. At least he graduated. Yeah. I know, I know. Uh, I I kind of I kind of teased that with Hannah earlier. Uh, I was trying to to you know get her interested in tuning into our show tonight, and I looks like if. I told her to to make sure she watches so she hears some some facts about her favorite player. So whether I was able to to hook her for close to two hours, I don't know. I, I doubt it, but we'll see. We'll see if she uh, if she hung on that long to to hear that. Um, but moving on from that, <laughs> I'm sorry. I just I saw it. I saw it like an hour before we went live, and I was like, oh my god, I I have to mention this tonight. This is too good. Um, Hannah, tune uh, into the show. Oh yeah, it's about this story about shitting in a stairwell. 
<laughs> You're gonna love it. Well, it's uh, it's funny because you know, uh, you know, I'm an IT guy. My, my first IT job was in a in a school district, which shall remain nameless. <clears throat> yes, definitely yes. don't want to name that. Um, and the school of hard knocks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> at one point, uh, they had they had upgraded their uh, their uh, you know um, security cameras in, in the school in one of the schools in the district, and mm-hmm. you know brand new HD cameras, everything. First week they're in, girl does the same thing in the stairwell, takes a shit, and like almost looks up directly at the camera, and it was like. Dude, of all the weeks, of all the weeks you could have done that, you did it the week after they installed these brand new cameras. So we know exactly who you are. Ugh. So it reading that today, I was just like, wow, this is a thing. I don't know why this is a thing, but this is a thing. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you could relate to a shit stairwell story. <laughs> I know. How many people can relate to a, a, a shitty stairwell story? Uh, Man. We really get to the bottom of things here. No pun intended. Yeah, I really, I really want to reach out to this person um, who, who uncovered this, and I want to know how she figured it out. I really want to know how. So, if you're legalized hockey, Caroline, if you're watching this, please reach out to me. Uh, I, I would love to <laughs> to hear this. Yeah, thank you. You were talking about people shitting in sales. <laughs> Oh my God! Anywho, so anyway, this is why we should need to we stick to the outline. Yeah. Good Lord! Should we move on to some NHL signings in the past week? Yeah, yeah. We'll, oh. we'll do the NHL signings and then we'll we'll wrap this baby up. Okay. Um. So there've been there've been a lot of signings recently with the uh, the news coming out that the season is actually going to happen. Um. Mm-hmm. So let's let's pull up the trusty TSN tracker here. And uh, mm-hmm. we'll see. Okay. Actually, oops. Let me get this to stop playing on the side here. Um, there have been some signings since we went live. Yeah. Ryan Miller signing in Anaheim. One year deal worth $1 million. Um, And these are all, these are all from today, man. Um, uh, I, I feel kind of bad because I forgot Ryan Miller even played anymore. I know. I know. All I can think of is his time in Buffalo. When yeah. it, he just mm-hmm. he was such, he just always seemed like such a whiny little bitch. Yeah. Uh the only time I ever liked him was in the Vancouver Olympics where like he was just a stud for USA. Yes. Um yep. but he really was just like a constant whiny little troll and i remember yeah. when briere uh tapped him on the back of the head in that one playoff series that that gave me life that was so great yes, yes. beautiful yeah do you remember when he got run by milan lucic yeah yeah yeah, Came yeah, out yeah. And played the and lucic like led with his elbow uh-huh lucic put him on noted scumbag. Yeah, yeah not that i'm yeah exactly um but miller I know he has a hunchback too. FYI. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, it, it switches actually depending on the day that you see him, which shoulder it is, mm-hmm. just like in uh, Young Frankenstein. But um, he's a true goon. Like that's incredible. Yeah. He has a hunchback. Yeah. He he's got like a disfigured jaw. What a just a uh, fucking goon. Uh, yeah, yeah. I remember that, and they just he started punching him in the head. Yeah. Ron yeah, Miller. and he came around when Miller was still on the ground, man. He came around and he swung that stick around. He missed him completely. He, he it looked like yeah. he just grazed his shin pad, but he that, was that would have been bad. Mm-hmm. That would have been terrible. Um, so anyway, moving on from Miller, you know, you see the rest of the signings today: Casey Middlestat and RFA signing one year with Buffalo. Uh, Eric Halla, big yeah. signing for Nashville. That was a, a pretty one year in um, Nashville. Pretty decent name. Uh, he's a well-regarded player. I, I, wasn't he last with Pittsburgh? I think for a little bit. Was, was that? I think you're right. Or... I, I know he went. I know. I mean, I know he was from Minnesota. I I know he played for right. Minnesota. I'm pretty sure that's he where was he a good came player. up. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, did he go? No, I think it was Carolina. I think he went to Carolina. Oh, that makes sense. Carolina would go after him because they're very stats um, oriented too. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they traded for him. Funny story. Um, the I guess the head of the analytical department of the Carolina Hurricanes, one of the vice presidents, is actually a former blogger for Broad Street Hockey, Eric Tulski. It's funny how that no. works. Yeah. That, mm-hmm. Wow. That is crazy. So you're saying there's hope so, for us? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Not that Probably I'm not. even putting up the realm of Broad Street Hockey, but you know, that's yeah, right, that's right. awesome. It's awesome. That's really cool. Um, yeah, Michael Frolik signing in Montreal. That's that's a minor minor deal at this point. Matthew Joseph an RFA for Tampa. Eric a couple Grandlin, RFA. Michael Grandlin was the big one, I think. Um, yeah, staying in that. Um, Blackwood <laughs> got us. Shout out to our technical director uh, with the the devil signing here, Mackenzie Blackwood, three years in, yep. in uh, New Jersey, which means we'll be seeing a lot of him um, over yep. the next three and years. he'll be seeing a lot of pucks in the back of the net. You're goddamn right he will. Uh, Michael Granlin, one of the bigger signings yesterday yes. uh, with Nashville. Mm-hmm. One year, $3.75 million. Um, He's good. I well, mean, he he's got yeah. he's got the potential to to be a sniper, whether he mm-hmm. he rides to that occasion or not. Um. So, what's the trend that you notice in these signings? The the, the length <laughs> or the lack thereof. Right. It's a lot of one year, very cheap deals. Not like that. Yeah. Any of these players are going to be like breaking the bank, but it's just once again the flat cap, the uncertainty of the season. Um. So it's interesting to see. It is. It, it really is. Another one year, one year deal. Connor Sherry uh, resigning mm-hmm. in Washington as an RFA. Uh, Jan Ruta, a UFA signing for two years in Tampa, along with Eric right. Chernak. Um, he was an really RFA. Good. Yeah, really good defenseman for Tampa. One of the reasons why they won the cup. They're they're underrated. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Um, an RFA goalie signing for Florida. I don't know much about him, Sam Montembeau. Um, yes, yeah, same. I don't, I don't recognize the name at all, so I, I don't know if he's just in their system. There's no 
data for his term or anything. He's got one year, but anything else is is missing right now. So um, oh boy. that might Drake. He's a Kajula. Drake. Do you remember Drake Kajula? Edmonton. Didn't right, he come through? Edmonton? Remember, he he's he ended up signing with Edmonton, but uh, he played for uh, North Dakota, and who coached North Dakota? For oh, why? Yes. So the rumor was that Drake Kajula was definitely going to sign with 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 Philly because of Dave Axel. There's that connection, right? You know? Right. He goes to the game where the Flyers throw those wristbands onto the ice against the Capitals, oh like the Ed Snyder Memorial. Yes. Yes. And he ends up signing with Edmonton. <laughs> oh my God. Well, that's oh, all right. I mean, he was that. never. He was never a huge name, you know, producer no. at all. Uh, maybe it's because he went to Edmonton. Who knows? But right. uh, how could you get that? You got you got Simmons and Ovechkin, you know, next to each other at a face-off, telling the fans, <gasps> stop, stop. Oh, God. And, and I think they gave the – they penalized the Flyers because of it. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure yeah, they, they did. Like, delay a game penalty or something. But it was just so – at that point, just being a Flyers fan was so frustrating. So I understand I why that happened, but it was still yeah. such a bad look. It was such a Philly thing. Yeah, it was. Just not snowballs that was so thing to do. What's that? It's just not snowballs this time. It was wristbands. <laughs> or, Bristlets. or deep batteries. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Moving on. Uh, another RFA signing for Calgary. Uh, Florida. <laughs> Florida signing Anthony mm-hmm. Duclair. Good for them. Uh, Duclair that's, is very that's underrated, an interesting I think. One. Um, yeah. Anthony Duclair is kind of like an enigma. He has all this talent, super fast skater, too. Yeah. Super fast. Hell of a shot. It just seems he can never put it together. And there's a reason why this is like his fifth team in like three years. Um, mm-hmm. But the interesting thing about that is that he doesn't have an agent. He's negotiating everything on his own. Um, so that's really? what I guess he negotiated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, it just seems like he just hasn't been the right fit w- with the team no. that he's, you know, it just hasn't worked. So uh, you wonder with Florida, could it work? He's there for a year. If it works, maybe he resigns. Uh, who knows? Yeah. Uh, We'll but see. yeah, uh, under this point, player. I, I, I kind of doubt it. Um, if it's like a one-year prove-me deal, I mean, I don't. We'll see. He always seems to be a thorn in the fire side, so it sucks that he's uh, still in the East. Yeah. Well, he's not in the East anymore. He's in oh, the East. Oh, right, right, right. Recently, right. but not in the East Division exactly. True. Okay, so we don't have to. Oof, forget that quickly. You don't have to worry about him until the playoffs. Exactly. But then again, it's Florida, so do we really have to worry about him? Ooh. Ooh. True. Um, <laughs> Justin Bailey signing for a year. Uh, no reported uh, mm-hmm. value on that one. Vancouver. Um, another minor deal with uh, Winnipeg signing a goalie, Michael Burnden. Haven't heard the name before. Don't know anything about him. Hmm. Andrew Hammond signing in Minnesota. The Hamburglar. Oh, man. You're the Hamburglar. One-year deal. 
Um, Good for him. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, it makes you wonder if he's going to be backing up Dubnik or if he's going to be a depth signing in the system. Uh, I'm not quite sure who they have right now. Um, um, looking at it, it's a it's a two way deal. I'm guessing he's probably a depth signing. Um, yeah, that's what that's what it, you, I'm thinking at this point. He was a great story for that time, though. That was a, that was funny. Dude, he really was. He really was. Yeah. Yeah, Minnesota Wild have uh, have Dubnik anymore. That's right. They've got Alexander Stalock and Cam Talbot. Um, and then they've got Hammond and Kakinen in the system. So, so yeah, he, yeah, I guess he would be their one goalie for the taxi squad. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and you've got the Phil Meyer signing with Philly, which we've already talked about. And then before that, I mean, from that one, that goes from December 8th. You see the jump in time from that yeah. to, back to December 5th, uh, Mikhail Sergachev. And that was pretty much that. And Jake DeBrusque were like the last two like big-time mm-hmm. signings. Yeah. Um, so anything on the trade front happening right now? Um. Not too much before the show. I don't know if anything's happened during the show. Um, Not that I've seen, um, but it's just it's tough to make deals because flat cap. They, they yeah. don't want to jump the gun. They can't. No one can really do a trade. Exactly. I'm sure they could, exactly. but, but nobody wants to pull the trigger. Right. Right. Um, I mean, looking at you know, <laughs> look at the time. N- no trades in November whatsoever. Um, the last trade before December 11th was October 12th. And that was the Nate Schmidt deal between Vancouver and, and Vegas. Right. Um, so we'll check back, back in on that next week. Um, um, yeah. The, the, the biggest uh, UFA out there right now is Mike Hoffman reports are that he's looking for a multiple uh, year deal, uh, which is, could be tough. Um, but we'll see uh, when I heard that, Kucherov was was down. I immediately thought, okay, well, Tampa's probably going to jump and see if I can get a one year deal out of him. But um, I don't think that's going to happen now. Yeah, I don't know. I really, I really don't know what to feel about that. You know how, how to think mm-hmm. about that one. Um, I think I would put money on a Mike Hoffman deal happening before next week's episode. I think it gets done before our episode next week. Hands down, so with yeah. everything falling into place, He's the too way good. It is. he is, he is, and at this point, teams know whether they need help or not. Yeah. So it, I think it all comes down to what he's looking for contract wise, mm-hmm. and what teams are looking for, and what they can afford. Um, right. I I think it happens sooner rather than later. Today's Wednesday. I think. 70% chance it happens before Sunday. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Um, we'll see if he gets um, moved off his his post of a multi-year deal and he just ends up signing a one-year deal and just, you know, just takes it and runs, plays, proves that, you know, he's worth big-time money. Uh, but we'll see because I think he's getting he's getting a little old in the tooth. I think he's hitting 30 if, if – 
if he hasn't already. So the time for yeah. him to earn some some bank is closing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so moving on from the trades and and the NHL completely uh, to the NWHL, the National Women's mm-hmm. Hockey League. Uh, they've announced that they will be playing a bubble season at Herb Brooks Arena in Lake Placid, New York, um, from January 23rd to February 5th. Uh, it, it'll be a short season, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. Teams will only play each other once during the season. Um, playoff rounds. They'll have a playoff round to determine the final four teams advancing to the semifinals. Uh, you can watch games on Twitch, which I found out recently. Um I did not know that they broadcasted their games on Twitch, which is pretty cool. But they're, is- once they hit semifinals, they'll actually be broadcast on NBC Sportsnet um, February 4th and 5th. So they'll have the semifinals, which I believe are single game elimination. Um, uh-huh. And the finals will be broadcast as well. And I, I don't know about the finals. They uh, looking, Seeing that it's only two days, I'm assuming that they're probably single elimination, but I don't know for sure. I'm not sure how they're going to do that. But well, we'll tune awful. in and we'll find out. <laughs> exactly, and and we'll update in our in that week's yes. episode. But very yes. cool, mm-hmm. very cool. The NWHL is getting some exposure um, on the national, the national, uh, you know, NBC channel. Um, I know I'll be tuning in. That's for sure. Uh, that'll be pretty cool. So, I think that does it for this yeah, week's I think, inaugural episode. I think that was a good first episode. We actually cleared two hours. We did clear two hours. I, I really didn't think with this this outline that we had that much to talk about, but we did. I mean, <laughs> we, we had a lot to talk about with all the news of the True. new season and everything. So, mm-hmm. with that all out of the way... Um, we can focus on news next year, or next next year, <laughs> next week. Um, with trade. <laughs> see you in a year. Bye. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see you in a year. Um, so that's it. That's it for our, our first episode. Um, tune in next week, and uh, we'll recap all the news happening starting tonight. Uh, huge shout out to our technical director and resident Devils fan, Ian Martini. Uh, doing our our graphics, our switching, our ah, there he is. You can see him back in the control Ian room. Fucking Martini, Ian fucking Martini down in Glassboro, New Jersey. Um, <laughs> it is his new studio down in Glassboro, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, very cool. Shout out to, to the people to... in the in the Twitch chat too. Thanks for coming along. Yes, we hit yes. seven seven people watching. So that's pretty good. Seven or eight at one point, yeah. We had some uh, some questions in the Twitch chat that uh, mm-hmm. that we might be able to get to next week. But um, yeah, yeah. Hopefully next week, with all of the news of the new season out of the way, we'll have room to answer some some questions in the chat. So that'd be cool. Um, sure. But yeah, thanks everybody for watching. We'll uh, we'll catch you next week. Bye. Peace.